I think I've been the single most difficult to anticipate person over the last, I'll say, four or five months. And for that, I apologize. I suck. And I'm trying to get things back on track. You know, I have been derailed by a multitude of problems. But I did record. So I was recording. I just wasn't editing and uploading. So what you guys are about to hear over the next two episodes will be things that I had recorded previously that just didn't get out to you. And then the next episode that you hear after the, the six, I think it's 64 and 65, that 66th episode will be me getting back on track. Uh, lots and lots has occurred in our little comic book world, uh, sci-fi world, fantasy world. So much has occurred over the last, we'll say six weeks. And there's no way I'm going to be able to catch up to you with all of that stuff that went on. But hopefully you guys have been uh, entertained. And my guys over at From A to Geeks podcast, they have been keeping up with things and I've been listening to them and just willing, trying to will myself to have the energy to jump back in and, and give you guys, you know, my take on what's going on in our movie and TV worlds and streaming worlds, in, in fact. And uh, yeah, so I hope that the the information is not too far behind for you as like it just doesn't sound redundant at this point. But I did want to give you the content that I had already recorded. I look forward to catching up and talking to you guys again on the right side of the tracks really soon here. Thanks a lot for your patience. Hopefully, you know, you guys stick with me. Give me an opportunity to uh, make up for lost time. And with all that said, enjoy these next two episodes. Catch you on the flip. What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, virtual group therapy for everyone affected by Tony Stark's Snap. This is as good a time as any to tell you that parental discretion is advised when listening to After the Snap. I say some real fucked up shit. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. And the beginning is, I'm not ever, 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 ever going to get a spoiler episode of Spider-Man Far From Home. The movie has been out for, for three weeks at this point. You don't need spoilers from me. You already know everything that's going on. You know that they were teasing or what they were teasing because it's kind of been announced at San Diego Comic-Con. So, no, you, you know, I'm just, I suck. I didn't get it out. So we're there we are with that. And if you're still waiting for the end game uh time travel episode, I'm probably never ever ever gonna get that time travel episode out because it's been months and I've still not done it. So what you've learned about me through all of this is that sometimes I lie. Sometimes I do lie. And I, it really wasn't an intentional lie, it was just shit is happening. 
in the life of Tasha Pierce with this this Circle K shit and other things that are coming coming and going and projects that I've got that I'm working on is for things that are coming down the pipe and you know I'm doing too much but anyway welcome 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 to after the snap and if this is your first time here with me you found out that I'm a big fat liar yes but you what you'll also find out today is what what the fuck how I felt about all of this news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. And of course, I was not lucky enough to be in attendance at San Diego Comic-Con. So, you know, you're sitting and you're waiting to hear little leaks and peeps of the information that has been uh, disclosed. And gosh, was it so much. There's an awful lot. An awful lot. So much so that... This is going to be a little mini episode and I'm going to record another mini episode. That mini that mini episode will contain my Make Me a Jedi. And in fact, it'll contain my Make Me a Jedi for Return of the Jedi and for The Force Awakens. So Dr. Doom and Gloom, get your questions to me for The Force Awakens too because I'm going to do both of those together. And uh, please tune in for that because the, the, the Dr. Doom and Gloom email for... Return of the Jedi really had me laughing out loud. He's really a funny guy. But anyway, I guess I'm just going to jump right into uh, what I kind of took away from the San Diego Comic-Con news that came out here recently. We're going to start with one of the little things that might have kind of gotten glossed over through uh, throughout this whole thing. And that is that the Orville will not be returning to Fox it's going to be returning to Hulu. And while some people may say, oh my goodness, that might be bad news for, for the Orville, it actually may be good news for fans of the Orville because that move from Fox to Hulu kind of takes the cuffs off of Seth MacFarlane. And one thing we have not seen yet uh, with Seth MacFarlane's The Orville is him being totally unrestrained. Uh, he he did have to kind of bow to the FCC when he was on Fox, but now it's just like it can really turn into anything goes. And let's just be realistic. He was kind of pushing the envelope on Fox. So I cannot imagine what type of, uh, what type of show The Orville will turn into given... Uh, that the cuffs are being taken off. They, they, they are, they letting it all hang out. And I'm almost afraid to, to know what that means. <laughs> but I think that is good news for people who are fans of the Orville. Of course, uh, the Orville was kind of up and down and hit or miss. And sometimes it's, uh, really thought provoking great television. And sometimes it was just mindless dribble. And it just depends on the week. So. Hopefully we get some consistency this uh, season. We kind of know what we're getting when we get this show because some of the, sh the episodes were absolutely great last season. So hopefully we get more like that and we get a little bit. Uh, it can become a little bit more adult with the move to Hulu. So we shall see how that works out. I was also kind of interested in the Lower Decks animated feature that will be uh, coming from Star Trek. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, that they do 
a, a good job uh bringing their idea to life because it seems like the concept is a pretty good concept. Uh, like the bridge crew, they really think that they are the center of the story when in all actuality, the show is revolving around these characters in the lower decks, but the bridge crew is still behaving as if they are the star of the show. That kind of concept kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. Hopefully they are able to uh, make a, a funny, compelling animated feature. And hopefully it's not like cringe worthy because it could be, it could turn into that. I'm also very excited still, as I've been saying uh, for the Picard show and of course, they're still not giving us very much. They're not telling us what to expect as far as the plot of the show. But, you know, just Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. He he is an icon, in, especially amongst the genre, the, the, the sci-fi. The, he is. <clears throat> he is so many of the characters that we love. He is Professor X. He is Jean-Luc Picard. So I'm saying he could play Santa Claus and I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm all in. He could play any character and I would be all in. So I uh, can't wait to see what we have to look forward to with the uh, Star Trek properties. And in their short treks, they are expanding that, that series as well. There's a lot going on in Trek, a lot going on in Trek, and I cannot wait to see if all of it is uh, worth it. Is it going to be worth our paying for the uh, CBS All Access? So now you got the Orville on Hulu. You got to pay for that. You got uh, Picard and these lower decks. That's uh, Discovery, third season of Discovery, which looks great to me, but I am a Discovery fan. Those things all look great to me, and that is all behind the uh, CBS All Access streaming service. And then, and then, we get to the DC Universe streaming service. So just in case, because you know I'm one of the people who was advocating, just in case we didn't understand, DC Universe is saying we had no faith in Swamp Thing. We had zero faith in Swamp Thing. That's why we canceled it right out the gates. But we still believe in Titans. We still believe in Doom Patrol. We still believe in Young Justice. So all of those are getting renewed for another season. Furthermore, we're going to give you this uh, super R-rated Harley Quinn cartoon, that, which just looks bonkers. We're giving you that. We're going to give you uh, several other new original programming and we're saying we ain't going nowhere now to me i am still on the fence i still believe that dc universe is going to end up being absorbed by the hbo max or somehow warner brothers uh streaming service is going to absorb dc universe but they say no they say no we are here and we are here to stay which means that's one more the uh, streaming service that you're on the hook for if you want to get this content, this Titans, uh, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice, and everything else they have in the package, you know. So now you've got yet another streaming service that you are on the hook for. And just in case, this was the, the Dundada 
of all of the announcements was Marvel and what they said, we're going to drop on you. So now, of course, a lot of it we knew. We knew about the WandaVision. We knew about Loki. We knew about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We knew about Hawkeye. Um, we've, all be, we've all been discussing this rather regularly. So we knew these things were coming. Feels like I'm forgetting something. But anyway, whatever it is I'm forgetting, you know all of those programs were coming down the pipe. We knew this, right? That's coming on Disney Plus, which is yet another streaming service. So all of this great content is going to be behind uh, the walls of their streaming services. But in case you don't want to invest in a streaming service, which I implore you, the Disney Plus, we're going to all just have to collectively get on board with the, with the Disney Plus streaming service because it's just so much content. And that content is going to be part of the continuity of the MCU. And it's pretty much that all of these shows are set after the events of Avengers Endgame. So this is not like we're going back in time. This is all stuff that is going to affect the next phase of understanding of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is genius because, you know, who wants to be left behind? Especially when you have uh, this great, great slate of movies to look forward to. And it's just so, so geek worthy. It's just, <laughs> there's just so much to love about what Marvel announced. And speaking of which, before I go any further, congratulations to Avengers Endgame for finally passing Avatar at the worldwide box office and this was like the fucking this was like watching a turtle race a fucking snail <laughs> that's how slow this race to the finish was but um, it, it's done now it's done now now we can move on to the next uh phase of entertainment with uh with the mcu because avengers did what everybody wanted it to do which was sit atop of the the worldwide box office so Hooray. And I'm not being funny. You know, it's uh, a high achievement. It's probably this hasn't been seen in 10 years. And who knows? It may take another five before we see it again. Who knows? Uh, so to me, the biggest news, <laughs> the biggest and most exciting piece of news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con was the announcement of the casting of one Mahershala Ali as Blade. That sent shivers up my spine and just put a twinkle in my eye. I cannot wait to see what he brings to the character. And it was, to me, excellent choice. If it's not going to be Wesley Snipes, that is an absolutely stellar casting decision you got a two-time oscar winner in mahershala ali so we know he's got the right stuff as far as the acting chops but he even looks the part he looks the part if i'm gonna give it to somebody else yeah why not mahershala ali right um now that being said i think i am excited i can't wait for the movie to come out <clears throat> 
there's been a big uh, debate on whether we believe that Disney and slash Marvel is going to make this movie uh, PG-13 or rated R. I believe that PG-13 is going to be the rating for Blade. Now, uh, before you jump down my throat and say no, it can't. I'm saying that because it it has been uh, stated by Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney and all of the, all things that come from up out of there, and he kind of wants a separation between things that can be viewed as a family and things that can be viewed by you know uh, an adult audience. And I don't think that he's going to put a rated R property in the MCU. If that property was going to be uh, adult, I think it would go under the Fox banner, much like they're doing with Deadpool. And you're not going to see Deadpool cross over into the MCU because it kind of uh, muddies the water. It might become a situation where a person doesn't know which type of movie they can actually go see with their with their kids and they don't want to create that kind of uh misunderstanding with their audience when they have the trust of their audience that they are going to do things one way they don't want to flip that all of a sudden throwing this rated r <coughs> this rated r property in the mix and you know we've been able to take all of our children and everything to these MCU movies. Then all of a sudden you want to have Blade come in and be a hardcore rated R movie. I don't think that would happen. So you can, you know, you, we don't have to agree. You can agree to disagree, but just let me know what you think. Um, and a lot of, another thing that has been a topic of conversation here lately has been that Mahershala Ali is pretty much, he's what, 45, I think. I think he's 45 years old, which is he's 45 years old in a couple of years when this movie comes out. So it just stands to reason he's going to be older, right? But one thing that the Lion King and the Lion King is, is having a great run, even though it's not critics ain't loving it. <laughs> but right so far, the Lion King is having a great run. But one thing that the Lion King showed me is when I went to go see that movie is that this whole photorealistic animation that they have going now any person can play any role forever and ever and ever because if you can make these lions <laughs> hyenas freaking uh warthogs if you can make them all look like they're speaking and talking and and, and interacting with one another and look real the way those animals did I'm pretty sure you can make Mahershala Ali stay looking like Mahershala Ali for the rest of his life. Like this is the, the Mahershala Ali that I see today. He can, they can animate him with the photorealistic animation, the de-aging that they have. They can make him look like this forever. So, you know, it's just like I was thinking once upon a time, I was of the thought that, well, these characters, these, these uh, actors can't play these characters forever. Yes, they can. <laughs> Once I saw that Lion King, I'm like, yeah, they can. It can pretty much. You can keep a person looking like the way they looked yesterday for the rest of their lives with this photorealistic animation. I am 
very excited to see what else they do with this do with this uh type of animation first of all that they used in the lion king and then second of all how long we can use mahershala ali as the blade character and i mean i don't think this conversation was had as much when uh chadwick boseman was cast as black panther and believe it or not he's in his 40s he's like a young looking guy he takes very good care of himself obviously but he is uh over 40 and he looks pretty damn good too. Mahershala Ali, he, he looks pretty damn good too. But you know, so I don't understand uh, what we're worried about. I say let's see what he does with his character, and let's just let's just ride the fact that we know that we are about to get a Blade movie, and uh, hopefully they have a spot in that movie. For Wesley Snipes, because again, he was he was very instrumental in pushing the agenda for the Black Panther movie. You see how that's done, and he was our original Blade. So hopefully, they uh, give a nod to Wesley and uh, have something for him to do in the Blade movie. The next thing that I was super duper excited to hear about in the San Diego Comic Con announcements for Marvel was Doctor Strange to uh, Multiverse of Madness because it is going to be a Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch team-up movie. And come on. And it's going to be kind of a horror, horror film. Yes. Yes. Give me all of that. Give me all of that. Benedict Cumberbatch, give me him as Doctor Strange. Give me Scarlet Witch. Yeah, the Scarlet Witch that nearly dismantled Thanos. In Avengers Endgame, yes, give me her with her strong ass and give me some little bit of scariness, just PG-13 scariness. No, none of that R or NC-17 stuff. Give me some little PG-13 scariness and I'm, I'm in there, baby. I can see how that will work out. And um, Doctor Strange 2 directly follows WandaVision in continuity. So you, you need to watch WandaVision and then that will take us into Doctor Strange 2. And then I think the Doctor Strange 2 leads directly into Blade. Of course, I can't be sure of that, but I think that is how that timeline should go. Because if we're talking a multiverse and we haven't had any vampires in the MCU as of yet, the only way that we can get these vampires into into the MCU is is through some type of... uh, multiversal shift it's got to be something like that there is no way that uh vampires have been existing within the current mcu or the pre-endgame mcu without us knowing it no way another thing that excited me super excited was fantastic four but like i was saying about the spider-man far from home stuff it was kind of hinted just a little tiny bit it was like uh on a building it says wait till you see what's coming next so these are things that uh eagle-eyed viewers caught and reported on and you can look on youtube just like i did and find a myriad of flipping videos that tell you about the wait till you see what's coming next and then in three two one and it didn't have the four so of course, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, 
shit and that stupid music. But anyway, um, that is why I say Fantastic Four was hinted at, and of course, they're coming. And I'm super excited to see how exactly how they're shoehorned into the MCU and what they start with, you know? Um, now, uh, we're getting Shang-Chi with the Mandarin proper. So we are getting the actual real Mandarin. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see how that character is brought to life. And I am not familiar with the actor who is playing the Mandarin. But there is an awful lot of excitement surrounding that casting. Now, as far as the look, as far as who does he look like a person who I would like to see play this this character? Absolutely. He absolutely does. But I, I don't know the actor. I don't know his uh, acting style or what he is going to bring to the role that has got the fandom so excited. If you have some uh, inside knowledge on why this casting was such a great idea, because I'm trusting that it was a great idea, let me know after snap at gmail.com. But yes, I'm super excited to see what goes on with the Shang-Chi. I, um, I'm not as excited. I'm not as excited for the Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Not saying that I'm not going to see it. Um, they're going to have to sell me on it. And I'm, I'm going to see this movie no matter what. But they will have to sell me on Jane being Thor. I, I, not, I am not certain how that was going to work out. I know that it has been an arc in the comic books. But I'm not certain how it's going to work out as far as the movie is concerned. Um, I thought... I'm. I'm thinking that there are too many people at this point being able to wield Milnir. How many people in this universe are going to be worthy of wielding Milnir? Doesn't it take some of uh, the special attributes of Milnir? Doesn't it take some of those attributes away by so many people being able to pick it up? And where the hell did it come from anyway? Last we saw Milnir... Cap was taking it back in time. So there's some problems. The only good thing that I feel that can come out of this movie, besides getting to see uh, uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth uh, riff off of one another again, as far as the Valkyrie Thor situation, the only really super great thing that can come out of this movie is if they introduce Beta Ray Bill. Now, if Beta Ray Bill is introduced in this movie it, it it's going to bother me because that's one more character who can wield Milnir. but it's it's not going to bother me because this would be super exciting and dope even though i'm kind of low i'm kind of scared of what that character is going to look like coming to life i know he would have to be a cgi character and i'm scared of beta ray bill but i'm not you know you tell me now if you wouldn't be afraid if he walked up on you in an alley at night. <laughs> so those are things that, uh, you know, I'm kind of iffy on the the Love and Thunder movie. It, it may be a, it may be the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
I don't want to feel as if we are taking everything one step too far with, with the um, inclusivity and that kind of thing. Let's not take shit one step too far. I'm not saying that there couldn't be a woman character as powerful as Thor, but how is she going to be Thor? That's his name, unless Jane Foster jumps into the body of Thor and Thor jumps into the body of Jane Foster. I can't see how she'll be Thor. You get what I mean? His, his, <laughs> I don't get how she can be Thor. She's going to be Jane, a strong ass Jane. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see. Of course, we got years. We've got within the next two years we'll see a lot of this and of course we're still going to get our black our black panther too we're still going to get our uh our uh, captain marvel too i'm very excited to see tiana Parrish playing an adult monica rambo uh i can't wait to see what happens what goes on with the mcu moving forward and i guess that's what their job was their job was to go to Comic-Con and drop the fucking mic. And that's just what they did. They went to Comic-Con. They dropped the stinking mic. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think the fandom is awake. I think there is something for all of the things that I'm a fan of. of my Trek and, and uh, the DC Universe streaming services. I've been a big advocate of. And of course, our Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. There has been a lot to be excited about in every every fandom except for the Star Wars fandom and I think they were still they were talking about collectibles and that sort of thing I think we will get more from the Star Wars camp at the D23 event uh, in August so if um and then we'll be excited to see that we know we're going to get the Mandalorian we know we're going to get of course our uh Rise of Skywalker movie and we think that the next trilogy of movies is going to be centered around the old republic so there are things in every fandom to be excited about and i'm just super duper stoked this is a great time to be a fan of the genre so this is my quote unquote mini episode uh covering my thoughts about the san diego comic-con news you let me know how you felt about what we found out at San Diego Comic-Con by emailing me at afterthesnap at gmail.com or you can find me on all the social medias. I'm at After the Snap on Facebook, After the Snap 2018 on Insta and on Twitter. I am at Snap After. So let me know what you guys think. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in one more again. If this was your first time, come back. This next episode is a segment that I typically do within an episode, but this is going to, it's going to be a standalone episode on its own. It is called Make Me a Jedi. I will be telling you how I felt about Return of the Jedi and about The Force Awakens. Um, Return of the Jedi I probably haven't seen in over 30 years. And The Force Awakens, this was my first time seeing the movie. I am on a quest to either become a Jedi or a Sith or to say, no, I don't want no part of either or. So I'm on this journey. I'm taking you guys with me. So far has been so good. Um, my favorite movie thus far has, we'll say Rogue One 
and Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back. Those three are way, way, way up on my list of I really did like these movies for Star Trek. So find out what I felt about uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens on my next episode. And since I've got nothing else for this round of After the Snap, I'll catch you on the flip.